Well, good morning on this dark uh, January 10th morning. I think we hear the rain coming down. And uh, if you're still looking for a seat, there should be some seats in the center here. Uh, well, if you're new with us in the past 12 months, uh, one of the things that we do the first gathering of every new year is to look back on the year where we saw God at work and also lean in where we anticipate God might be up to something as we look forward into the year ahead. You know, the, the week between Christmas and New Year's, our family was in Michigan visiting Megan's family, and I had a chance to look at the past and contemplate the future, as I often do no matter where we're at, but had a especially, especially unique time to do that when we were in Michigan, looking back and looking forward. In terms of looking back, I, I love history, so I had a chance to visit the Gerald Ford Presidential Library, which is in Ann Arbor. And I uh, had a great time doing that. I didn't know much about Gerald Ford. He you know, only served for two and a half years during a really dark time in our country's history. And so I learned a, a, whole, a whole bit uh, about, uh, about his life and, and even his wife, Betty. And in terms of the future, I don't know if you know this or not, but Megan's father is a futurist for General Motors. So you can imagine some of the unique conversations uh, and even technology that he has in the house. So we spent time uh, flying drones through the house. Uh, there are times I'd be reading a book or a magazine and all of a sudden your hair would just get buzzed by a drone uh, flying through. Uh, we uh, drove by the General Motors proving grounds where they're testing the newest cars in the next year or two in highly secretive uh, gated uh, areas uh, around the Detroit area. We drove by the R&D department where they're, they're designing and building the next Corvette, uh, which was very interesting. And uh, uh, my personal favorite, we tried out and experienced one of those virtual reality headsets and were able to look around and even allowed me to bring one home, which I've shared with some of you already. Uh, and my mind is officially blown. I feel like the future is now uh, in the midst of this. But uh, regardless of that, in terms of a chance to look back like the Presidential Library and look forward on some of the technology stuff, I always use the last few weeks of the year and the first few weeks of the new year to look back and to look forward, and I always enjoy that time. And so looking back, um, I thought, uh, as we look back, um, it'd be important to just briefly share looking back for some of you who weren't with us when we started Renew, what, the, what was the original dream seven plus years ago when we started? Why we took the risk to jump in uh, with what God was up to in the area? And so I reflected back the last few weeks on that fundamental question that we asked. Why do we do this thing called church? Why should we do this thing called church? Why should we start a new church when there's lots of churches in the Lansdale-ish area? Why would we do that? Why well, spend all this time and money and energy and effort uh, that goes into being a church? Why do it at all? What are we after? Even why do Doug and I give our lives to this vision uh, even now? And it's because we love a vibrant faith in Jesus that's free of religion. Uh, to see a Jesus-looking God and a Jesus-loving people be free of religion as we pursue God's heart out in the world. That's why we did this thing. That's why we started Renew. And from the very beginning, we're, we worked very hard to make sure people knew that church wasn't a building, that church was a, 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 a people. It's a people, the family of God, bearing witness to what God is doing, who He is. And it's about the people of God uh, looking for God, experiencing His love, longing for grace, serving others in the world, and we wanted to jump in on that. And I know it can be unique to be a church that doesn't have our own building after seven plus years, right? I mean, we've got to work uh, through issues like set up and tear down, and we're grateful for the heat today, but you guys have been troopers uh, uh, slogging through issues with the heat. It's sometimes hard to not have our own building. And yet, even though we don't have our own building, I think that it's actually been unique for us to be able to do what we're doing because it's teaching us, and it continues to teach us, that church truly is about people and not a location. I love that when our kids, when we're driving by on Main Street, the kids look at this building and say, oh, that's where our church meets. They don't say, that's, where, that's our church. And I think that's an important thing for us to realize it's a family in what we're doing. Now, some of you who are part of the core team, we had 30 adults join us on the core team when we started Renew. And uh, you may remember this, we were upstairs at a bar. We actually used to meet at a bar called Third and Walnut. And we were upstairs, we were sitting around round tables, and we did an exercise where we said, what comes to mind when you think about church? And we had flip charts, and we want you to just write it all down. 
coffee, gray hair, hymns, whatever. And people wrote down everything. We had hundreds of these things. And then after doing that exercise, we asked the question, okay, if you took away that particular thing, do you still have church? If you took away hymnals, can you still have church? Yep. If you took away coffee, can you still have church? Uh, some would debate that, but the answer is no. Uh, if you took it away, you'd still be able to have church. Um, gray hair, you know, and then we'd go through other things, and we'd say things like, if you took away worship, would you still have church? If you took away prayer, if you took away Jesus, if you took away Scripture. And so what we did is we eliminated everything that were, was non-essential, and we boiled it down and said, okay, here it is. If this is what's required of us for us to have church, let's do that in whatever form it looks like. And we've obviously taken quite a few different forms uh, throughout our time together. See, when we started Renew, the vision was to ruin people's inaccurate view of what they thought church and God were like and instead replace it with an accurate view of who God was and what it means to be faithful to Him through this thing called the church. See, right after we named our church Renew, we thought maybe we should have named it the Church of the Last Chance. The reason being is there were so many people who were intrigued about Jesus, but they were saying, organized religion scares me. I've been hurt too badly. Jared, I've been hurt by people like you who are pastors. And so they would say to us, I give you one last chance. I'll come to church, but this is my last chance. You screw this up, I'm done with church forever. But instead, we decided to call it Renew. The Renew community, because God is renewing us at all times, in all places. And it reminded me of a quote by C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, and he said this, The church exists for nothing else but to draw men, men and women, into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, then all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. It is even doubtful, you know, whether the whole universe was created for any other purpose. That's what we wanted to do. That's what we still try to do. And in the last year, as we look back, we wanted to focus on kingdom experiments, where we add the signature of Jesus to everything that we do in some of these new creative ways of trying to engage with God in, in ways that haven't been done before. You see, some churches say, we've never done it that way before. Dallas Willard calls that the seven deadly words of the church. Right? We've never done it that way before, therefore we shouldn't do it. I love that we're at Renew where we say we've never done it that way before, let's try. Let's see what God's up to. It may not work, but hey, let's try. God's a big God and He's creative, let's try it. And I'm so grateful for many of you have taken that permission and in great courage and faith run after things. Remember um, during Lent last year we did the 4440 challenge, right? With scripture engagement. 40 days trying to read the four Gospels, asking four questions about what God's up to as we read. The prayer team that meets at the Culp's house, you know, they started at First Fridays. You know, every First Friday in Lansdale when the weather's nice, there's a big festival of blow-up games and stuff for kids and food and live music. And they said, what if we had a prayer tent there? We're not trying to sell anything. We just simply are saying, hey, if we can pray for you, we'd love to be able to do that. And I just love that they've done that and the stories that have come out of people, even people that have come back month after month at the prayer tent during First Fridays to ask for prayer, the way we're trying to bless. Currently, you know, you've heard the announcement about the nursing home with Aubrey Dom and Ken Warstall and seeing a new expression of what God's doing in a nursing home in our community, which I love. Others have said, what if God was up to something in the area of or imagine if, if God might be nudging us to try. And I just love that. And normally this Sunday each year, we have our by faith year in review narrative that we do. We're going to wait until the end of the month when we have our, our fifth Sunday time together. We're going to celebrate and read a lot of those stories. And what we do is we model it after Hebrews 11 and uh, basically write it for our community and what God's up to. And so we're going to be doing that in a little bit. But it reminded me, in Philippians chapter 1, Paul writes a letter in his absence to a little house church in Philippi, a house church that he loved. And when he was absent from them, he wrote these words. He said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. 
You know, one of the things I want to do this morning as we look back and look forward is actually pray our way through the teaching. Doug led us in prayer, and in that same vein, I want us to continue in that. Because God's done some great things, and so uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pause throughout the teaching time and just spend some time in prayer, because that should be our posture at the beginning of every year, and in the middle and the end of every year. And so would you just pause with me right now as I thank God for what He's done in the past year. God, thanks for being a good God. It is not about our efforts. It is not about what we've done. This is not about patting ourselves on the back. Not at all. This is about saying, God, you're great. And look at what you've done in this past year. And we've seen you be faithful even when we haven't. We've seen you be big and loving even when we failed to do that. And yet, you still use us. And you still invite us in to know you, to love you, to experience you, and then to be a pipe rather than a bucket, extending that out uh, to the community and to the world. God, I even think of the, uh, the, uh, the private message I got last night from Pastor Brito. And Pastor Brito sending me all sorts of pictures of the money that was raised here at Renew that we were able to give to put a new floor and a new roof on this wonderful church building uh, where Pastor Brito's at in India. Thank you, God, that we get to partner in ways like that. Give us more opportunities to partner in the future. And it's with that that we say thank you uh, and amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's turn not to 2015, but let's look ahead to 2016. One thing that we've never done in the history of our church, even though we've had these sort of vision Sundays the beginning of January, uh, we've never actually come up with specific, clear goals for what the year might look like ahead. We, we've wanted to chase after God and say, God, whatever direction you want, uh, we want you to surprise us, and he has. But our elders over the last several weeks have wondered if setting specific goals that would help us pray and lean into and focus and stretch us as we wait expectantly for God to do something. And so I want to share some of those with you. So this is different. This is unique for us as a church to actually be laser-like in our focus of where we want to see um, our prayers and our time and our money and our efforts go moving forward. Now, let me preface this by saying this. We are not guaranteeing that these will happen. We can't. We serve a God who surprises us, and He's in control, not us. And we are not demanding that God would do this. These goals might not happen. However, God has a funny streak in Him that when a group of people pray very boldly and specifically about certain things, he has a penchant to actually want to lean in and bless his kids in those ways. Not a name it and claim it, not a prosperity gospel thing, but as a way of saying we've got a big God who loves to hear what's on the heart of his kids. And so we want to, as a community, name those and then say, God, you do what you want, but we're going to lean in with all hope and grace and faith that we can to see uh, what you might be up to. So again, they might not happen, but God loves hearing God-sized dreams, and we simply want to pray and put our attention, energy, focus, resources towards this, all the while knowing that God can do whatever He wishes. You know, the passage that I just read in Philippians 1, when Paul's writing to the house church in Philippi, a few verses later, he doesn't look back, now he looks forward. And this is what he says, looking forward. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand, house church, what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I am excited about this because I sense that this is exactly the posture we need to have as we lean into the year ahead. In many ways, we long for renew, like I hope every church, to have a continual conversion of our church. That we're always being converted more and more into being what God wants and being who uh, the the people of God faithfully uh, lived out in our world today. So what are some of these specific dreams and goals? I want to share a few of those with you, submit that to you, and then we're going to pray through these together during this time, okay? The first one I'm just going to call the eight-year prayer request. Have you ever prayed for something not just once or for a few weeks or for a few months, but actually for several years? 
There's something that I've prayed for for almost eight years at Renew, which actually precedes our church. I began praying for this long before we even had a name here. And I realized recently that I've not talked directly with you all very much about it. I'm not sure why. I'm not embarrassed to talk to you about it. Just kind of forgot about it. hasn't always been there in my mind uh, to share that with you. Oftentimes that's in private moments. But I feel like it's important for me to share this eight-year prayer request because God loves to not just hear from one kid, but from many kids. You see, when we started Renew, we said that we wanted to be a church-planting church plant because we believed in the mantra that said healthy things reproduce. Whether you are bunnies or tomato plants or humans, healthy things reproduce. This is the way things work biologically and spiritually. So healthy things reproduce. Now, house churches within Renew over the years have, have reproduced, right? We talk not about splitting or dividing, but a multiplying, right? They've been, their reproductive system has been operating in a healthy way. But we also have prayed that our church would reproduce and that we would be able to, by the power of the Spirit, become a parent. They would have plant out of Renew. And some churches say we're too small, we're too young, we don't have any money. Well, guess what? When we started Renew, we had, uh, let's see, Three people on our original core team, me, Megan, and Carter, who was one year old, right? We had exactly, let's, let me total this up. Oh yeah, zero dollars, okay? And God used this as a way of seeing Renew start. And others came on board and saw this vision and the sacrifice along the way. So I just don't want us as a church to say we're too small, we're too young, we don't have our own building, we can't plant the church. Are you kidding me? I would love to see us reproduce out of ourselves to see a church uh, start so that we can become a parent. And we started the Renew Apprenticeship Program uh, several years ago to train and equip leaders who thought God might be calling them to plant a church. And the great thing is that great leaders have been raised up through the Apprenticeship Program, and we've sent those leaders out in a variety of ways, and God's even blessed us by keeping Doug here as a result of the Apprenticeship Program. But no churches have resulted from that, and that's okay, but we want to keep praying into that. And I want to invite you to pray into that. And this is the prayer. God, allow Renew to be parents. We want to birth some babies. <laughs> because healthy things reproduce. And you may not know this, but when we started Renew, our leaders wanted to pay me a salary right away. People giving and sacrificing. They said, we can, with 30 adults, piecemeal of a salary for you to be able to do this. And as nice as that was, Megan and I said no that we would raise our own support for the first 12 months of our church. Not because we didn't uh, like that offer. It's not because we liked raising support. In fact, it's one of my least favorite things that I had to do. In fact, I still raise uh, a percentage of my salary with my uh, other kingdom stuff I do outside of Renew. But it was because of three things. They would help us think like missionaries because missionaries, when they go overseas, raise support. And the other thing is, we were missionaries, not overseas, but to this area, and we still are. It would help us think that way. Number two, it would remind us that this is God's vision and not ours, and therefore our faith had to be deepened, because if he wanted this to happen, he had to provide. And then number three, that it would allow our church to be on good financial footing. Because we had no sending church and no money, we felt like we had low overhead, we had a website, a P.O. box, uh, we were renting a portion of the, this building here that with low overhead, we actually could probably have a little bit of a buffer at the end of year one. So we raised our own support from friends around the country who didn't live here and wouldn't benefit from this new church, but believed in us and believed God was doing something great. And uh, so we decided to do that. We did that by God's grace. We raised that amount to have a salary. And after that, um, because our core team had given and sacrificed together, at the beginning of year two, the church began to pay me a salary. Well, at the end of the year, because those overcosts were so low, we were able to look at our budget and we were grateful that there was a $30,000 surplus that existed because everyone sacrificed and gave and our overhead costs were so low. And the elders decided to earmark that money not towards a building, not towards bigger salaries, not towards better equipment, but towards church planting 
And so it's remained in this bucket over here on the side and say, God, we don't know when this is going to happen, but we're not going to touch it because we're going to operate on the budget that we have. And over here, whenever you make it clear who that planter is, wherever we can join with what God's doing, what we think it might be in the area, but it may be another state or around the world. We just want to be able to birth something out of what we're doing because that's the vision that we believe you've given to us. And so we did that. We had 30, that was our vision from the beginning. And that money has been in this special account, and that's good, but that, rem- that money has remained just about the same amount for the last seven years. And the reason being is we haven't talked about it. Shame on me. I look back and go, man, if we had talked about this, maybe that, that thing could have grown. And I said, all right, well, here's the deal, Lord. I'm going to start talking about it. We're going to start praying about it more often. We're going to look at this more regularly. And with that said, we began to wonder if we put a blowtorch towards those two areas, if it would stretch us. But what if we trusted in faith and we sacrificed to be able to do that in these areas? So the first one is this. What would it look like if in 2016 we saw a church plant out of renew? It may be in 2016, and it may not. And if if it's not, I'm going to make this a nine-year prayer request, and a 10-year, and an 11-year if we need to. But maybe this year God is connecting us in some way as He often surprises us very powerfully to see if maybe we get a chance to be parents, to, to uh, have some sex with the Holy Spirit, to conceive, and to see something burst out of us, right? Right? So that's the first thing. We think that would be pretty cool. And the next thing is this. I began to pray and wonder, what if our church took this seriously enough in prayer, but also in this way? While people at Renew have given in tremendous ways over the last seven years, I wonder, what would it look like if by the end of 2016, we actually doubled that surplus account for church planting that we've had over here from 30000 to 60000 I mean, I look at that and I go, are you serious, God? Like, that's so big, that's like hard for me to even say that with a straight face. So it's stretching my own faith to articulate that. But what would that look like? Because it takes a lot of money to plant the church. And what would that look like if we actually saw 30,000 grow to 60,000 because we were praying about it, we were aware of it, we began to give above and beyond to renew, but also to this special fund. And we'll talk about ways in the future that you uh, may be able to give to that in the future. But we at least wanted to let you know about that right now. With that being said, uh, I want to challenge all of us uh, and we've, I've been challenged in this area in terms of next level giving. And maybe you've heard of this before, but it goes like this. If you've been coming to Renew for, for a little while, and if you would consider Renew your home church, and you're not giving to Renew, 2016 would be a great time to take it to the next level and to actually begin to trust God by starting to give. Just start. Doesn't matter. Just start giving if you haven't been giving. And if you have been giving to Renew currently, 2016 would be a great year for us to take it to the next level and give more of our resources and to begin to stretch ourselves. I sat with a couple recently that said, we're giving X amount to our church. This year we're praying through whether we should double that percentage point. Now, no one, no one is prodding them to do that just in their time of prayer. They're saying, we need to trust God. It's His resources, not ours. And we want to steward that well. And so maybe one of those ways of next level, maybe the next level for you is to say, I'm going to continue to give what I'm giving to Renew, but I'm going to give above and beyond that to this church planting fund. I don't know, but I want you to sit with that. Talk with your family, your friends, your roommates, your house church about that. And what might God be stirring in us? So let's just pause right now and just pray for this idea of asking God to allow us to be parents. All right? So here's what I'd like for us to do. Would you just stand for a moment and we just put your hands out in front of you? Because as we know as parents, we have to let go of a lot of priorities and schedule. Um, it kind of, kids can own us sometimes, right? But it's worth it. It's worth it to be parents. And maybe even with our finances or our time or our skills as we think about God launching something new out of Renew. Let's pray. God, our hands are open. It's easy in our culture to have our hands clenched tight but we want to keep them open because you've been open with us. You didn't clench your fist tight with us and say, oh, I'm going to hold back a little bit on my love to my people. You opened your arms, and we want to be people who do the same. And so, God, um, 
forgive me for not talking much about this eight-year prayer request with our church. And uh, God, now that it's out, I pray that we would be talking, praying, thinking, maybe even having dreams about this uh, together as a church. But God, we want to be parents, and if it's this year, great. And if it's in future years, great. We want to wait on your timing. We want to see this happen. But in the meantime, God, we just wonder if maybe we can begin to give now, whenever that may be, in kind of a winds of the Spirit fund, that whenever you blow and whenever you're um, wanting us to, to give birth to something new here, we pray that you would make that known. But in the meantime, allow us to consider how we can give towards this. God, we don't, we, we don't know if we're going to hit 60,000. But God, with 30,000, we're grateful. But we want to increase that even more so that there's more fruitfulness and effectiveness when we can send somebody out to plant in the future. And so show us how we can honor you with our time and our skills and our prayers and our resources moving forward. And it's with that that we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So the first one is in this... Oh, it got a little lighter in here. That was kind of nice. Um, so if the first one is in the area of, of this eight-year prayer request of planting and praying and, and potentially giving towards that... Uh, something you may have noticed, two things when you walked in here, is we want to be really strategic in this particular area to be more, have a more strategic presence in our gatherings. In our gatherings. As you know, being on sabbatical, my family and I had a chance to visit a lot of different churches. And as we visited, we realized it's been years since we were first-time guests somewhere. And we realized how insecure we were. Okay, I'm a pastor, right? But I walk in this church and I'm like... Uh, am I in the right place? Does this start at the right time? Like, why is no one talking to me? Where are the bathrooms? What do I do with my kids? That was a real eye-opener for us as we saw some churches do that really well and we also saw some churches not do that well and we just kind of sat by ourselves and kind of, I think we're in the right place. I think this is starting soon. So it really opened my eyes to say, for many of us, every one of us in this room at some point was a first-time guest at Renew. Maybe you can reflect back to what that felt like, right? Where, is this, you guys are meeting in a gym, like what is this every other week thing, right? There's lots of questions that we have as a first-time guest. And so we lear I learned on sabbatical watching this as a first-time guest for 12 weeks in different churches. We have a long way to go at Renew. I think we've assumed a lot that people know where to go and what to do. And we have some okay structures, but that we actually need to lean in more to create more communication a more warmth and more of an awareness for those of us who are new. And some of us in this room may be new, and if this is your first or second time here, you may say, yes, I agree with you. You've come at a good day to hear about this. And the first one is this. It's very practical. So we've already done this, which is awesome. Hold this up. All right, you guys get one of these? If you did not get one of these, raise your hand because we want to make sure, all right? Raise them high, and we're going to distribute some that are in the back to make sure you get them. Keep them up till you, till you get one. All right? So, some of you right now are probably like, you know, getting the tick or breaking out in like a rash. Like, what are we doing? Are we really going to this as a church? Let me explain this. We, we went to 12 churches, and every one of them had one of these. And we began to say, you know what, we have our weekly email, which is good. But wait a second. Because we meet every other week, there's still a lot of communication that falls through the cracks. So we began to say, what if we were strategic with this? By the way... I want everybody to say this word after I do. Ready? Handout. One, two, three. Handout. I'm going to say it one time. I'm going to say the B word one time. And then after that, you can find me 10 bucks if I say it. This is not a bulletin, okay? This is not a bulletin, okay? This is not a playbill. This is not a program, okay? This is, this is a handout. A handout, all right? So we're going to have these at our gatherings. Because even though we live in a digital world and the weekly emails are very strategic and important, there's still something to be said about having some analog, hard copy, something in our hands we can jot on, put in our purse, our pocket, our Bible, whatever it may be. So if you say, hey, when does that thing start? Instead of emailing me or Doug, you actually look at what we gave you, okay? This will also cut down on some of our announcement time at the end of our gatherings too. So this is going to be really important. And uh, you see the table where Megan, uh, Megan Slack is right now. She's waving. That table right there uh, ha will have those. 
uh, in the future. And so that's just a simple way for us to stay informed. The second one, I want everybody to turn around and look back there to the information table. Okay? The info table we've had, sort of, sort of a catch-all, but really trying to make that an important hub for what we're doing. So when we say sign-ups for something, which we'll have something later today where you can talk about that. Placing cards back there, signing up for something, asking questions. If you're new, that's where you would go. And so even today, Joel and Margie, during intermission and afterwards, are going to be back there to answer any questions that you may have. And so we just want to provide a little bit of a hub where if you don't know where to go or if you have a question, that's where you direct it uh, moving forward. Again, something very small but important for us as a church to do. And then lastly, our prayer team. We've had a prayer team in the past, but this year we want to have a greater presence of our prayer team to be available during communion, during intermission. And we want to encourage you to utilize that prayer team to see prayer become a greater priority in our gatherings as well. Uh, for any reason, it doesn't mean you have to have something major. Sometimes people come up and say, I don't even know why I need prayer. I just feel compelled to come up and have someone pray for me. That is great. You don't have to have an amazing reason. You just say, I just need someone to pray for me, listen to me, hug me, and know that God and I are in this together. That's great. So uh, we want to do that. We truly believe that God desires for more people to be involved in Renew in the coming year. And we want to create an environment that's warm and strategic to allow people to connect in some ways. It may feel unspiritual, but I realized it was very distracting for me as a guest visiting these churches when I'm thinking about all of these questions I don't know the answers to, and it was hard for me to connect with God. So I want to encourage us to really focus on some of these things. Make an effort to do that. Take those home. We don't want to be picking up these handouts like under your chair after every gathering, okay? Um, take it home. Put it in your Bible. At least throw it away at home, okay? Can you do that for us? Um, that, would, that would be great. Um, so let's pause and just pray. And in this time, I want you to stay seated, but I want you to look around the room. It may be a little bit odd to have your eyes open, but I want you to think about maybe there's an empty chair be next to you. To pray, who is it, God, that we in this space can actually have an environment for people to connect and feel welcomed and lean in to God through our family here at Renew? Or maybe you want to look at the info table or your handout or uh, up front, but keep your eyes open as we pray, all right? So God, this room is a gym. We know that. Sometimes it feels unique, and other times we've seen really sacred, moving, life-changing things happen here. And we want to see that happen some more, God. And so would you help us to be a people that are open and aware and our radars are up to sensing needs in people and ways we can connect and help uh, to transform this place from a gym where kids run around to a sanctuary where your kids run around. And we want to be that kind of people, God. Um, it's not all about the gathering, but in many ways, seeing God's people gather together is important. And so... Um, we commit that to you, God. And it's with that that we pray. Amen. Amen. So the, the next thing that we want to lean into this year is, uh, and you've heard this phrase probably before, is stir up some more kingdom mischief. We've had a, a good time to be able to, to do that uh, this past year. No doubt God has worked each and every year of the life of our church. But in all honesty, our leaders would admit that the past 18 months or so that we've lost a little bit of our edge. And maybe you've noticed it too. We've gotten maybe a bit soft or safe or predictable. And it's not bad or unhealthy. It's just not the same energy level and creativity, momentum, excitement, engagement that we've had in the past. And so we always want to be spurring us on even more to deeper engagement with God this year. So we want to submit ourselves even more to, to commitment to God. And we want to feel the burn. You know when you feel the burn when you try something that's challenging you, that little pit in your stomach? That's good. That's healthy. And we want to be doing that together. So we have a few tangible expressions of that. Our programming meeting, some of you may not know this, but every Wednesday morning, our staff and some key leaders who are available on Wednesday morning meet to talk about programming issues for house churches and for gatherings. And it's been good, but we've sensed... We need, it, we need that to be more. And so that's now called the kingdom mischief team. We want to see that to be a time where we're saying, well, what if we tried this? And imagine if that, and can we pray and lean into that? So it isn't just programming details, but we're leaning in. And that's already happening, and good stuff's uh, coming because of that. The next one 
is a pastoral care team. We have some good counselors and shepherds and listeners in this room. And a lot of time you all come to Doug and myself, and that's good. But what would it look like if we equipped people and trained some people who are counselors and shepherds in that way that are able to do hospital visits, that are able, when people are hurting, to visit, to call, to write notes of encouragement so that all of us are equipped to use our gifts to bless the body uh, that God's put us in. And so we're going to be talking about that more in the future with the pastoral care team. I love the way that we're looking to equip marriages. That Dave and Janice Allen recently emailed Doug and I and said, hey, we have a burden to make sure that we've got healthy marriages in our church. And so they're starting a time here very shortly for eight weeks on Tuesday nights to be able to encourage couples. And they've done such a great job at that. Thank you, Allens, for the way you've loved so many couples in our church the last several years. And they want to continue to do that. And there, I think there are two more spots available. So if that's something that interests you, um, you can talk uh, to them or go back to the information table. But that's good kingdom mischief that's being stirred up. And one recently we found out about is Dennis Bryce and Ken Warstall. Dennis, in his background with the Muslim world and Ken with his love for cooking, said, what if we actually got together and over a shared meal talked about as Islam and the Muslim community and how do we interact with the Muslim community becomes more and more of an issue to have a discussion to train us as a church to say how do we love our Muslim as ourself? What does that look like to be able to engage some more? And we have some people, when I, you know, Mike and Deanne are leaving for Turkey. They were missionaries in Turkey for several decades and they leave for a month in a week to go back to Turkey. And uh, so seeing if others within our community would want to learn and grow and lean into uh, this moving forward. So I want to ask you this burning question as I thought about these particular things that are popping up, and it's this. What else might God want to stir up in us and in our church this year? What else? And are we aware and open to looking around saying, hey, I don't want to stir up some mischief. I want to stir up some good kingdom mischief by the power of God's Spirit. Uh, I was reminded of a quote by Rich Mullins, the great singer who died probably 15 years ago. He was a good musician, but an even better man of God. And he said this, in the midst of a concert one night he was giving, he said, God is a wild man, and I hope one day you'll be able to encounter him. But let me warn you, you better hold on for dear life. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of life and I want to be a part of that kind of church. And I think in many ways we are, but I want to experience the wild man of God even more this year. And I want to be able to be aware of that if I don't hold on for dear life, I'm getting thrown off this bucking bronco. To say, God, I need you so much because you are a wild man, and the more I see your wildness, the more I better latch on to what you're doing. That's what I want us to be this year as we stir up more kingdom mischief in whatever uh, facet uh, that may take. So let's pray right now for that. Uh, God, we want to be a bunch of spoons, and we want you to pick up those spoons and just stir a whole bunch of stuff up in terms of kingdom mischief. So help us to be accessible spoons. Stick us in whatever pot, in whatever bowl, in whatever cup, in whatever area where you can just do your stirring by using us. So we want to be good spoons, God. God, some good stuff starting, but we sense you want more. And God, if our journey with you as a church is rote and stale and, and totally predictable all the time, then we have to wonder if we're actually pursuing the wild man of God himself. So help us to do that this year in various expressions. And it's with that that we pray. Amen. Amen. And then the last one is this. We talked about... Uh, planting, we've talked about our gatherings, we've talked about stirring up kingdom mischief, but even uh, to strengthen and sharpen our house churches. And by the way, we have some really healthy and great house churches, which is awesome. But I sense that God wants them to be even stronger in this year. And so we want to be very specific in that. By the way, a little background, because you all may not know this, house churches are not only an important part of our vision. Did you know that house churches started several months before we even had our first gathering. That's how important they are to our vision. And you may not know this either, but there have been five churches that we know of at least around the country 
who have observed what we've done in our setting of gatherings and house churches and have leaned in with Doug and myself and said, can you teach us how to do that for our church? So it's really cool that Renew has had an opportunity to bless five other churches that now have this gathering house church model to them in different places. And it's been fun to see that. It's quite encouraging. And people say to us, oh, that's so innovative. That's so cutting edge. You, ha- you do that. And I'm like, have you read your Bible? Because <laughs> that is about as uncutting edge as it gets, right? In Acts 5, it says they met in the temple for public worship. They're gatherings. And they also then, it said in the next sentence, go house to house in their house church model. This gathering house church thing isn't something we made up. It's something that's right there uh, in our Bibles. Paul started many of these house churches, and he taught, pleaded, encouraged, challenged, instructed, corrected in these house churches, reminding them of the goodness of God, the power of His grace, the invitation to lay it all down on the line for Christ because Christ laid it all down on the line for them. To die to themselves because Christ died for them. And so as we think about our house churches, there are three very practical ways that we want to actually try to strengthen and sharpen our house churches this year. And they're kind of fun. And we've talked about it with a few people, and they said, that's a great idea. Let's try it. The first one is this, is Doug and I will teach more in your house churches. Not because your house church teachers and shepherds are bad, not at all but of saying the importance of making sure that we're rotating around and we've visited your house churches and the posture has been to your shepherds, hey, can we come? And if we come, how can we help? Do you want us to listen, observe, teach, remind? And we've kind of left it up to the house church shepherds. But we really feel like this year, it's important for us that when we're there to to do some of the teaching. And so we're, as we rotate around, want to be more present with our house churches in the area of teaching. Again, your house church shepherds are doing a really good job, but in many ways, your house church shepherds work very hard. Many times they're very tired. And so in many ways, this is a way to thank our house churches and also thank our house church shepherds by giving them a break to say, you just be. You just be there, and we'll handle the teaching for you uh, so we can do that. That's the first thing. The second one is to do what we want to call house church field trips. House church field trips. Here's what we mean by this. And we talked about this, I think, with the Gribben House Church. Uh, I think it was where this idea came up, actually. Um, to basically say, we're going to designate one day for our particular house church and say, on that day, we're going to disperse for one house church meeting, and we're all going to go to different house church. Not a whole house church to one. We're just going to scatter to different ones all over the place for one time. And then the next house church time, we're going to come back together and talk about what God's doing in the different house churches. Because sometimes people say to us, I love our house church, but I have no idea what other house churches are like. We want to give you a chance to do that and to see what God's doing. We think that'll keep it fresh. And for you to say, hey, this house church did this with their kids and their kids are being formed. Can we try that? Or that might not work for us, but what if instead we tried that? So we're going to have some field trip times that we'll talk about with your shepherds in the future, okay? And the next one is this. It's a little similar, but it's actually a, a, a converse relationship. And actually, we'll do house church shepherd swaps, okay? Well, basically, the house churches will continue to meet, but the house church shepherd over here and the house church shepherd over here for one week will go, whoop! And then the next house church meeting, whoop, will go back. So you basically have a guest teacher of another house church visit your house church. Not all the time, but a few times throughout the year as a way of allowing your shepherd to see what's going on, to hear and see your house church at work, and for you to hear from a new shepherd that maybe you wouldn't have had an opportunity to do that. So Doug and I will have a a greater presence in some of your, your house churches to teach when we visit. We'll do house church field trips, and then we'll do some shepherd swaps throughout the year, okay? Other than that, your house church is going to remain the way it is, but we just feel like that would allow some freshness and some creativity and some cross-pollination in the midst of that. So we're going to pause right now, and we're going to pray for our house churches. And so if you're a house church shepherd, I want you to stand up right now. If you're a shepherd or leader of one of our house churches, would you stand up? And as you see our shepherds around the room, if you're near them, I want to just encourage you to just put a hand on a shoulder. You, you can stand up if you want. You don't have to, but just even while you're seated, put a hand on a shoulder uh, or an arm. 
uh, or whatever it may be. And if you are too far away from a shepherd, at least just extend a hand in the direction of one of the shepherds. And so we're just going to take a moment to pray for our shepherds and, uh, and, and do that now because they really do serve our church in some dramatic ways. So let's pray. God, we thank you for our house churches. We thank you um, for the families, the nuclear families within the greater family reunion at Renew that we have here in our gatherings. We thank you for these little nuclear families of God that exist in our church. We pray for our shepherds. We thank you for their faithfulness, for the diligence that they have when things are great and the, the excitement that they have, and when times are discouraging, the perseverance that they have. We thank you for the way in which they love and serve and shepherd and care for, many of whom open up their home with great hospitality and spend the rest of Sunday afternoon cleaning up and vacuuming and do using stain remover to get the coffee out of the carpet. Um, but we thank you for their efforts to love people well in our church. And God, we want to, as we make some uh, effort to be uh, more fresh and pointed and focused in our house churches, uh, healthy things reproduce. So as our churches get even healthier, we pray those house churches would multiply and reproduce into other house churches. But give us a vision for who you are in this room and in various living rooms across the region in Bucks County and in Montgomery County. And it's with that that we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So, our desires for this year, as we lean into this to be a little bit more specific, is that we would be seeking to give ourselves away and become parents through church planting, whether through prayer or action or giving, right? We want to create a more warm and inviting and clear presence in our gatherings um, than we have in the past. We want to stir up kingdom mischief. We've already done that, but even more so to bless not just us, but the world out there uh, that so desperately needs Jesus. And then the last one, to strengthen and sharpen our house churches. And so I want to ask you this question, and it comes down to this question. As we lean into 2016, will you join us in that? In your presence, in your faith, your giving, your skills, passions, abilities. Many of you have already doing that, and I thank you for that. That's so great. But what would it look like for all of us to lean in in that way, to be present even when we're absent from house church or gathering, we can still be present with each other. Can we lean in? Will you join us in that to see God do a new thing, to renew us, to renew others who aren't even sitting in this room yet in this coming year? And on a more personal note, we want you to grow in your journey with Jesus, no matter where you're at. Some of you in this room are saying, I don't even know. I can't even define my relationship with Jesus right now. Wherever that's at, what would it look like if this year you just made one giant stride closer to who Jesus is? For some of you, you've been a Christian for your whole life. And he says, it's good, it's fine. What would it look like if you just took one giant stride closer to him this year to say, I don't want another fine year with God. I want an intimate, pumping with life, white hot, passionate journey with Jesus. And then some of you may say, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty close to Christ. What would it look like for you to step even closer this year? To say, I want this to be the year that when I look back a year from now, I say, I've never encountered God so much as I did in 2016. That it becomes a banner year in your life. For the rest of your life, you look back and say, 2016, that was it. That was the year that my faith took a turn and I started following Jesus in ways I hadn't in years prior. I think it comes down to one word, and it's the word access. I don't even know what we were talking about this week, but my friend Chris Backard, I was with him in Harrisburg this week. At, he was talking about someone asked him, how valuable is his house? It's, again, I, again, I have no idea why we got on this topic. But his comment was interesting. He said, well, if I only use three rooms in my house, it's not a very valuable house. But if I use every room in my house, and I have access regularly to every room, i got a pretty valuable house. He was like, I don't know how to answer that question to my friend. How valuable is your house? Well, do you use it? Do you have access to all of it? Or are you only using a few rooms? I think in many ways that's true for us. So I want to ask you, what are rooms that are off limits to God in your life? You say, you have everything you want, but that junk room right here, <laughs> that, that lock on the door, it's going to stay put. 
Does God have full access to all the rooms in your home? And if so, awesome. Keep giving him that access. But some of you may say, ah, you can have this room, you can have that room, you can have that. Eh, I'm not going to have that room. So I want to end with this. I think in addition to, to your handout here, not the B word, the handout, right? You should have gotten an index card. And if you didn't, if you could just raise your hand, we want to make sure everybody gets that. And uh, maybe someone can, can help hand those out. We want, to, we want to end with a little bit of a prayer journaling exercise, okay? And, and you see the slide behind me here um, that's got the questions on it. And I want to encourage you, as we think about this idea of access, I want to think about it in the realm of your personal life. Where do you need to give God more access in your house church? And where do you need to give God more access? Where do we as a church need to give God more access in terms of our whole church? And I want to encourage you to, to journal in a prayerful posture in that way. Put your name on it if you want. We'd prefer it. You don't have to. And we would love it if you turn back around and look at the information table. There's the big giant R on the table. Just below it is a wicker basket. And we want you during intermission or before you leave today to throw it in there because we pray through these. We read these. This is not uh, an exercise that's unfruitful. We read through and pray through every one uh, and we'll do that in this case too. So I just want us to take just a moment or two to prayerfully journal how you would answer these three prayers to God. And then in just a moment, I'll close us. And you may not be done, and that's okay. And you can continue to write on it and uh, just before you leave, put it back there. But what you've prayed or at least thought about writing down I want you to just take in your hand right now and I want you uh, to look at it as I pray for us as we close, okay? So God, we've, we've written some things on this card here. Personal areas, our house church, for us as an entire church. And God, this is exciting to pray through, but it's also scary because to give you more access means that we have to let go of control. And we know that control is a big deal to us. But we also know that we can't experience a deeper adventure in life with you unless we let go of our control. God, I pray for each individual person in their journey with Jesus this year, that they would look back and say, 2016 was the year. I thought I had encountered God in amazing ways, but I was wrong because 2016 was the banner year where I saw more of God and I was more uh, passionate about God and his ways than ever before. God, our house churches have been healthy and they've been good, but make them even healthier. Make them more productive and fertile. We want to see good things happen. And God, when it comes to renew, we're grateful for what we've done, but we don't want to rest on our laurels. We want to see you do even more this year. It's not our church. It's not my church. It's not Doug's church. It's yours. We just want to steward it well. So help us to be good stewards. And I pray we would just hear more and more stories moving forward of people making radical um, sacrifices to give you more control and access. And may we celebrate that as a community. And it's with that that we pray. Amen.